ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the salvation of the lost and the revival of God's people. I'm Alan Mashburn, your Bible teacher and the pastor of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road in Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. On Sunday evenings, we provide online services which can be viewed on gospeldynamite.org. Now please join me in the study of the Word of God. You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. I invite you to take your Bible, turn with us to Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. Revelation 9, 1 through 12, we look today when hell comes to your house. When hell comes to your house. Revelation 9, verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and upon them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded then that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions." They had breastplates, as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. They had tails likened to scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. And Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. There can be little doubt that the book of Revelation contains some of the most frightening images in the entire Bible. This passage may be the most frightening of them all. We're in the midst of the seven trumpet judgments. The first four trumpets have been sounded, and they brought forth horrible scenes of death and destruction. The earth's environment has been shattered, and mankind is writhing under the awful judgments of a holy God. Chapter 8 closes with an angel flying through heaven, pronouncing three woes upon the inhabitants of the earth. The angel knows that the plagues unleashed by the sounding of the last three trumpets 
will be far more horrible than anything we have witnessed thus far. Why does the Lord give us these graphic descriptions of what the world will face during the tribulation? Why write about such tragedy, death, and suffering? Well, if I had to come up with three good reasons, I'd give you this. Number one, these things are mentioned so that the church will know what we have been saved from. It's exciting to know that God will deliver his people from this kind of wrath and judgment. Secondly, he extends this glimpse of the future as a warning to those who have not trusted Christ as Savior. Third, they're given so that those of us who know the truth might be motivated to share the gospel with the lost. Friends, we're living in a day when the subject of hell is viewed with much skepticism. People just don't believe in a literal place of torment. In fact, many preachers and church members reject the notion of hell as it's presented in the Word of God. People joke about hell and use the word as a byword in everyday language. But the fact is, listen, the fact is hell is a real place. Real people are going to real torments for a real eternity in a real place called hell. They can attempt to deny it if they wish, but hell is still real. And in these verses, hell visits earth. One, in verse one, I would show you a horrible personality. When the fifth angel sounds his trumpet, we are introduced to a terrible, a horrible personality. It is in my opinion that we're given a description of the devil himself in this verse. Look at how, look at how he's described. He's described as a famous personality. He's called a star. Some commentators attempt to spiritualize the passage and leak this to being the star of Revelation 8, verses 10 and 11. I believe that star is a comet, while this star is a literal person. Now, when we think of stars, we often think of celebrities, those who are famous in the world. There's a sense in which this person is famous. In fact, he's known in three worlds. He's known in heaven, he's known in earth, and he's known under the earth. He's a famous personality. Now, of course, the devil has a name. His name is Lucifer, according to Isaiah 14 and verse 12. The name Lucifer means brilliant star, light bearer, or shining one. So we're introduced to Lucifer, a very famous personality. But I'd also bring your attention that he is a fallen personality. The word fall is a perfect tense verb. That means it refers to something that took place in the past, which still has present results. In other words... The sense of that word is fallen. We're dealing with a fallen personality. Satan's fall took place sometime in the past. We know that from Luke chapter 10 and verse 18. As you know, Satan or Lucifer has a, was a highly exalted archangel, but he was not content to be what the Lord created him to be. He wanted to be God in Isaiah 14, 12 through 17. Again, mentioned in Ezekiel 28, 11 through 19. Pride was found in Lucifer. He was cast out of heaven, and he still has access to the presence of God where he accuses the brethren. We find that out to be a fact from Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 12, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In fact, 
He is still what's called in Ephesians 2 and 2, the prince of the power of the air. But there will come a day when Satan will be eternally cast down to the earth, according to Revelation 12 and 10. So here we see Satan. He's cast out of heaven. He's forced to confine his activities to the earth. Now, the thing that brought Satan down is the same thing that causes mankind his worst problems. Pride. Pride will cause you to think that you're good enough without God. It will cause you to refuse to bow. It will cause you to, re- to walk in your own self-righteousness. Pride will take you to hell. God says, if you will humble yourself under his mighty hand, he will lift you up, First Peter 5 and verse 6. But if you exalt yourself, he will bring you down, Luke chapter 14 and verse 11. As the writer of Proverbs puts it, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16 and verse 18. Also we see he is a fearsome personality. This famous fallen figure is given a key to the bottomless pit. He's given the authority to unlock a terrible prison and unleash a a, a horrific plague upon the earth. We're told in Revelation 1 and verse 18 that Jesus has the keys of death and of hell. Now, for a short time, the power over a host of demonic spirits imprisoned in hell is given to Satan. And while we're on the subject of the devil, allow me to make a few statements about him. First, Satan is a real personality. He exists in this universe, and his power is very real. He is not a myth, and there is a very real devil, Satan. Now, secondly, Satan has never been in hell. He's not there today, and he never wants to go there. He will be sent there one day, Revelation 20 and verse 10, and when he goes, he will go as a victim, not as a ruler. He hates the very thoughts of hell but he will be punished there throughout all eternity. Third, Satan is one of the great mysteries of the Bible. Why would God allow a being like him to have power that he does? Satan does have power. He has much power. And that's why we're told to be aware of him and what he's doing in 1 Peter 5, verse 8. He has more power than you and I have, but thanks be to God, he is more powerful than Satan will ever be. Verse 2, I would show you a horrible place. In this verse, Satan takes the key he has been given, and he uses it to open the door to hell. This verse tells us, just how close men are to hell. One turn of the key and hell is unleashed upon the earth. This verse has some things to say about that place called hell. One, it is a deep place. It is called a bottomless pit. The word bottomless gives us our word abyss. It refers to a very deep chasm. The word literally means well. When Satan turns this key and opens the pit, he is literally opening the shaft that leads into hell itself. Science denies it. 
Lost men deny it. Human reason denies it. But there is a place under this earth called hell. And the souls of lost people suffer in the fires of hell. And it is clear from the verses that follow in this chapter that certain demons are being held in hell awaiting their liberty. 2 Peter 2 and 4 and Jude verse 6. Not only is it deep, but it is a dark place. We are told that smoke ascends out of this pit and the smoke is so great that it obliterates the light of the sun. There's an old saying that goes, where there's smoke, there's fire. The same is true in this case. Hell is a place of fire. All the world wants to deny it, but hell is a place of fire. Luke chapter 16, 19 through 31. Revelation chapter 14, 10 and 11. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9. Yet it is a place of darkness. It is a place of anguish and torment. Matthew 8 and 12. It is a place that no one should ever want to go. It is a place that no one has to go. Men joke about hell and try to pass it off as silly superstition, but hell is real, and wise people make their preparation to avoid its flames. You may not believe it, but a good, gracious God will allow you to go to hell. My advice to you is that you should flee the wrath to come. Run to Christ and be saved. Why? Because it's also a disturbing place. Hell is a disturbing place simply because it exists. It is a real place where people will go unless they are saved. It is a demonic place. Throughout the New Testament, hell is associated with demonic activity. Luke chapter 8 and verse 31 teaches us the truth that the demons fear being sent to the abyss. Revelation 11 and verse 7 tells us the beast, the Antichrist, will ascend out of this place. And as I've already mentioned, fallen angels are there and Satan himself will spend eternity there. But wait, according according to verses 3 through 12, it is a horrible plague as well. When the abyss is open... A demonic plague spews out onto the earth. The demons that have been reserved unto judgment, 2 Peter 2, 4, are released to carry out their infernal mission. Imagine with me a world in which every prison door was suddenly open. Murders, rapists, serial killers, the criminally insane are all allowed to walk free. Can you imagine the chaos? Can you imagine the pain, the suffering that would occur? Well, the prison doors of earth will not be opened, but hell's prison will be opened and emptied, and a lost world will be thrown into a time of terrible judgment. They are described as locusts, but these are no insects. The description probably comes from the greatness of their numbers. 
According to history in 1889, there was a locust swarm that covered 2,000 square miles. The image here is an innumerable host of demons being allowed to ascend out of hell onto the earth. Now, there are a couple reasons why I say that these are not real locusts. According to verse 4, they do not harm plant life, but they torment humans. Verse 11, they have a king. According to Proverbs 30 and verse 25, it tells us that locusts in the insect world have no king. Verses 3 and 4 of this chapter, they possess great power. These demons are described as locusts, but unlike locusts, they will not harm vegetation. A literal locust swarm will leave a green landscape looking like a desert in a very short time. Locusts devour the leaf, the grain, and the stalk, and these locusts do not come for the plant life. They come for human life. They will have the power to sting like a scorpion. Scorpion stings are known to be very painful. They cause swelling and numbness, but they're rarely fatal in humans. These demonic beings are allowed out of hell. They have the power to cause great pain to humans, but their targets are limited. They will only sting those who are unsaved. The 144,000 and all the other believers are protected from the attacks of this great horde of hell. And verses 5 and 6, when this attack comes, people will not be killed, but they will be tormented for five long months. Five months! May to September is a typical lifespan of a locust. These hellish locusts will torment men for five long pain-inflicted months, and the pain and the torment will be unimaginable. Every moment of every day, that demon will be there, tormenting, stinging, causing pain, causing suffering. There will be no escape. Men will seek every way that they can to escape the torment of these demons, but nothing will help them. No pills, no potions, no, 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 no alcohol, no drugs will deaden the pain. For five long months, they will suffer. They will find no relief from their suffering. In our day, people flee death. They do everything they can to stave off Death's coming. Doctors are consulted. Pills are consumed. And everything that can be done is done to extend life for a moment more. But in that day, men will pursue death in an effort to be free from their pain and suffering. People will leap from buildings, crushing their bodies upon the ground and still not able to die. People will drink deadly poisons and ravage their vital organs and not be able to escape. Others will place guns to their temples and attempt to kill themselves, but they will only succeed in adding more misery to their torment. People may try to kill their loved ones to help them escape their suffering, but to no avail. For five months, there will be no funerals on the earth. 
death will take a holiday while men endure the pain and the suffering inflicted on them by this demonic invasion. Now some may say, preacher, I don't think it will happen like that. Read it again. In those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. My friend, if you're not saved, please come to Christ today and avoid this terrible time. It should break our hearts to have to preach these things, but they're real. They are true. And if you are without Christ, it is your future. Verses 7 through 11, beginning in verse 6, these demons are described for us. Verse 7, they are described as horses prepared to battle. They resemble mighty war horses prepared for battle, straining at the bit. Also in verse 7, golden crowns are on their heads. They come to the earth as conquerors. No medicine or active science will be able to conquer them. For five long, awful months, these demons reign on the earth. The Bible says in verse 7, they'll have faces like those of men. I believe this speaks of their intelligence, not just their appearance. The human face is so expressive. It reveals the emotions buried beneath the surface. These beings are intelligent. Verse 8, the Bible says they'll have hair like a woman. They are attractive to people. It may be that they have some seductive charm by which they lure their victims to them. People have always been attracted to the occult. Just look at the popularity of so-called psychics and the current fascination with the spirit world and angels. Bible says in verse 8, they'll have teeth like a lion. Their bite is infectious and painful. A lion's bite never really heals. There's so much infection and bacteria in the bite of a lion that the wound rarely ever heals completely. Verse 9, they're described as having breastplates of iron. They are completely invulnerable to attack. They are insensitive to the sufferings of humans. Men will try to kill these demons, but that will be impossible. Men will scream in their pain and will beg for mercy, but their pleas will not touch the hearts of their tormentors at all. Bible says in verse 9, they have wings that sound like chariots. This implies swiftness. They will be able to surround and capture their prey with complete ease. Men will attempt to run, but there will be no escape. Verse 10 says that they will have stingers in their tails. 
And we've already touched on their capability to inflict pain. It's mentioned here to emphasize the fact that the pain and torment of men is their entirely sole objective. Verse 11, they have a king over them. They will be organized. They will be united in their attacks upon humanity. The fact that this king's name is given in Hebrew and Greek shows us that all unbelievers, both Jew and Gentile, will be targeted by this demonic invasion. What exactly would it be like to awaken one morning to find this creature actually waiting for you? That day will come for multiplied millions of lost people to be able to look at the foot of your bed and this demonic creature is simply waiting on you. My friend, that is exactly what will happen during this tribulation period. Don't be one of them. Don't be one of these people who go through and and endures this. People hear this talk about demons and they laugh it off and they say, oh, how old-fashioned. No one believes in demons anymore. Oh, really? It would seem from reading this passage that God does. Just because you can't see them does not mean that they are not real. When the bubonic plague was ravaging Europe during the Middle Ages. Men tried every way they could think to, to cure this disease. They came to believe that the plague was actually caused by clean, fresh air. So they plugged up their chimneys and they burned disgusting things in their fireplaces, sat in smoke-filled houses, believing that they were going to be all right. Whole cities were clothed in foul-smelling putrid smoke, and they would fire their cannons regularly to blow away the, the fresh air. If you'd walked into one of those towns and told the people that the plague was being called by an invisible organism transmitted by tiny fleas, they would have laughed you out of town. And we now know that what they could not see was actually killing them. Modern man has adopted the same attitude regarding the spiritual realm. He can't see demons, so they must not be real. Well, they are real. Jesus believed in them. He even had confrontations with them in the Gospels. Paul had a run-in or two with demons in Acts. They're real, and they're coming to this earth. You do not have to be here for one hour if you come to Christ. Hell is going to invade the earth. If you come to Christ today, he will save your soul and you will be in a wonderful place called heaven. If you are saved, you will miss the violence and the torment and the suffering and the pain of the tribulation. But you can miss out on this terrible time only if you come to Christ. Do not wait until hell comes to your house to cry out for mercy. Come to God today. Come to God right now and be saved by His grace. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org. 
and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.